This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Wow, what a great morning of worship. I have a question for you right up front. What do a gazelle, a snowball, and a pillow have in common? There you go. Yeah, they're all in this little stand right here. Thank you, Mark. Somebody had to state the obvious. (laughs) We are going to have some fun this morning. We're going to tie those three objects together. We're going to learn a lesson in the process from God's Word. So I am really excited to be here. I'm really excited that you are here because we are in the third week of a very um, life-changing teaching series that's going to lead a number of us to a wonderful place of financial freedom, financial peace, and financial health. Does that sound good? That sounds really good. It's in our Recovery Road series. So right up front, if you'll take out the teaching notes from your program and get ready to uh, fill those in, we'll make our way through those as we go along. And uh, you can uh, look at the video screens and, and find the answers that you can put in there. So let's go back and review just a little bit. Last week, Kevin taught us about the five principles of Bible finance. And so here they are up on the screen, okay? The first one is get out of debt, okay? The second one is act your wage, which probably needs no explanation at all. Number three is this, get on a budget. Number four. Save and invest. And number five is give. Kevin was really clear that there's no rocket science involved. Kevin was also very clear that a lot of the teachings that we are going to be giving to you not only come from the Scripture, but they have been put together out of the Scripture by a fellow by the name of Dave Ramsey, who founded Financial Peace University And uh, so uh, I want to be equally clear about that, that some of the things that I'm going to talk to you about this morning, I got the ideas from him. He got them from Scripture. But those are the five principles of biblical finance. We're going to walk our way through those. This morning, I'm going to work on only one. And I'm going to work on number one, and that is getting out of debt. If you look at the top of your teaching notes, what does it say? The title of this is Breaking the bondage of debt. Wow. You know, debt is an interesting thing. I've never met a person yet who likes it. Anybody here like debt? No, nobody. We don't like debt. And yet, I think most Americans believe that except for a very privileged few, we are sentenced to go through life experiencing regular debt that it's virtually impossible for the average American to go through life and not incur regular debt. So the average American looks at being debt-free as somewhat unattainable, like trying to jump across the Grand Canyon. It's just not going to happen in my lifetime. And that's really too bad, because then we go through life sort of in our self-assigned sentence of debt. 
And so there we are. So this morning, we're going to talk about three things that we can do to break the bondage of debt in our lives. They all come from Scripture, and they're all really wise, and, and actually, they're not that hard to do. Dave Ramsey says, 20% of what we need is knowledge, and 80% of what we need is action. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to work on the 20% today and hopefully provide some motivation for the 80%. Are you ready for that? All right, here we go. So the first thing that we need to do in order to break the bondage of debt in our lives is this. Take a look. We got to do, we have to see debt for what it really is. And that is why we have the gazelle up here. Do you like my gazelle? He's a bit injured. He has only one horn, right? I did get him for 54 cents, however, so I did not want to go in debt to buy a sermon prop, right? So 54 cents for my leftover Christmas gazelle, all right? Why? Why the gazelle? Well, I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. You see, there's a very powerful thing that goes on in our world, and it's called word association. There are certain words, in fact, virtually every word in the English language conjures up within us associations, okay? For instance, if I say skunk, Positive or negative connotation? Negative connotation, of course. Right. If I say fluffy puppy. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Word association. Now, listen. The advertisers and the marketers in our world understand word association very, very well. So they play a game with us. Let's do this little game. Positive or negative? Debt. Positive or negative? Credit. (laughs) Credit is always postured to us as a positive thing. For instance, did you know that you could walk into your local sleep train store and you could buy your favorite mattress and you could sleep on it? without making a payment for a year, and you could bring it back at 100 days if you wanted to on your approved what? Oh, yes. In fact, with your approved credit, you could walk onto almost any car lot in our town and buy any vehicle there. You have power. Because, you see, the first thing that advertisers do is they don't call it debt, they call it credit. Because it has a different connotation. And then, now that we have a new word, we can attach a different association with that word. And so credit in our advertising world is always associated with power and the ability to purchase. Am I right about that? Absolutely. And we get bamfoozled by that. We think that somehow we can have credit but no debt. Hello. Yeah. You know what God says? I want you to associate debt with slavery, not power. By the way, would slavery be sort of the opposite of power? Yeah, it would be to be disempowered, right? Yeah. Take a look. This is a passage that Kevin read to us last week. It says, the rich rule the poor and the borrower is, what's the next word? Circle it, underline it, highlight it if you brought your highlighter with you slave to the lender. 
Now, here's another thing about God. God knows that we struggle to understand and comprehend. We can get it up here, but we really struggle to comprehend down here. And so God oftentimes takes the most important principles in Scripture and gives us a word picture that gets locked into our head so we can remember and so that we can grasp. So I want to point you to another passage. When God was talking about debt in the book of Proverbs, notice what he said here in Proverbs 6, 5. He said, save yourselves like a gazelle. Got it? Save yourselves like a gazelle escaping from a hunter. Now there's an old statement that goes, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I figure it like this. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a video has to be worth 10,000. So we're going to watch a video. Are you ready? Here it is. It's not for the faint of heart. Aren't you glad we stopped it there? Isn't that a cute little gazelle? Okay, let's go on. No, no, no. You got to see the rest of it, right? Some of you may want to cover your eyes. Just to resolve it, here you go. Let's have a hand for the gazelle, right? You know how long it took us to find one where the gazelle made it? (laughs) You know, there's a lesson in that for us, right? Yeah. You know what God is saying to us? In order for us to break the bondage of debt, we have to begin to see debt for what it really is. We have to see it as something that binds us. It's not power at all. It's enslavement. And God says, I want you to run from it like a gazelle is running from its hunter. You know what that means? Highly intense. Okay? This is, this is the key understanding. Okay? Breaking the bondage of debt is going to require of us two things. High intensity and the highest priority. Anything less... By the way, did you notice that the gazelle was not interested in injury reduction? Gotcha? Some of you got the the connection already. The problem with most Americans is we're not interested in being debt-free. We're interested in debt reduction. There's not a gazelle in the world that's satisfied with injury reduction. Everybody on board? Okay. And until we're willing to see debt for what debt really is, we will never run from it. The strange thing about our internal psyche is we will be drawn to it with the false assumption that it brings us power. When in actuality, it actually only leads us further into slavery. Amen? Yeah, that's kind of scary to think, but it's true. Okay? Now, can I say something to you right now? I I, I realize that what I'm laying out for us this morning is a huge paradigm shift for a very significant number of people who are right here this morning. And, And I'm reminded of my days when I preached in a church that was almost all black. What a wonderful experience that was. And in a typical black church, it wasn't true of the one where I was preaching, but in a typical black church, the deacons all sit in the back, and their job is to keep the pastor going with words like, come on, preach it, brother. Give it to us. 
Amen, amen. But whenever the pastor would say something that they didn't know if they agreed with, all, all the rhetoric would stop and you'd hear, well. <laughs> this morning is going to be a well moment for some of us in the audience. Because it's going to be a completely different paradigm than what we've lived by. Just don't dismiss it. You've got a chance to speak into your life through what he's going to teach us this morning. So that's the first one. We have to see that for what it really is. The second thing that we have to do has to do with our snowball. So let's get the snowball and put the snowball up here. And we'll take this guy and turn him like this. Take this guy and turn him like this. You like my styrofoam snowball? I thought about getting a real one and turning the temperature down in here, but I decided that you would rather I had a, a, a styrofoam snowball, right? I'm going to explain the snowball in a minute. But the second thing we have to do is we have to attack our death. That's right. In a way, we have to throw a snowball at it, and I'll explain what that looks like in a minute. But if we don't attack our debt, never happens. And we have to attack it with high what? Intensity and highest priority. So how are we going to do that? Well, let's look at five ways we can do that. First of all, the way we can attack our debt is we have to stop borrowing money. It means... You don't charge anything more, period. Is that ambiguous at all? It's pretty clear, isn't it? There's an old saying that goes like this. When you find yourself in a pit, what's the first thing you should do? Stop digging. Okay? And so, yeah, I know it, it sounds redundant, stupid, and silly, but it's true. I'm going to read you a testimony in a little bit that I know is going to touch your heart. Touched mine for sure. The first thing we have to do is stop digging. The second thing we need to do is we need to pray. Friends, you could take the journey to being debt-free on your own, but why would you take the journey to being debt-free on your own when God would go with you in it? Wouldn't that make sense? You know, there's two reasons why you, you want to pray. Number one... Because the company of God along the way is great. And number two, when you invite God along, He not only brings His presence, He also brings additional blessing. Does that sound like that's a better deal? Of course. I want to pull over to the side of the road just for a minute and talk to you about our church. Because our church is in the middle of doing very much exactly the teaching that we're giving you. Back in September, we said uh, to all of us that we had notified our lender that we were going to begin partially defaulting on our mortgage uh, to them. We wanted to do that with all the integrity in the world. We didn't want to just start making partial payments or no payments. We called them on the phone. They sent a person out. We sat down and met with them. We had a great meeting face-to-face, and they understood where we were, and they said because of where their organization is financially, that there was a, a favor that they asked of us if we could possibly do it between then and the end of the year. And uh, we were able to do that for them. They're very appreciative of that. And they said, now, because of where we are, we will not be able to work on modifying your loan until after the first of the year. We laid all that stuff out for you. And that we had made a decision that for the purposes of ministry 
and to bring the church into a financially healthy and balanced position that we would not be allocating any more than 33% of our income toward our mortgage. So we've been doing all of those things, but what I want to say to you this morning is I want to call us to prayer because it's now the first of the year, correct? So we have not heard from them yet. Sent them an email uh, this last week saying, hey, we know you said you'd be back in contact with us after the first of the year, and uh, we made an agreement on what we would do for October, November, and December. We didn't really have an agreement for what we would do in January, but we want you to know we're willing to extend our agreement with you, and that's what we're doing. Just trying to walk completely above board and and with them and not wanting them to think we're trying to skate or anything. So uh, that's what we've done. I want to call all of us to pray. In fact, I'm going to pray here in just a minute for us as a church because we're taking this journey together with God. But before I pray, I want to say something else. We've done two or three of these Financial Peace University life groups in advance of the nine that we're doing now. And a number of you have taken them. A growing number of people in our church are, are starting to tithe and to give at levels they never have before. And in the last three months, uh, you're gonna, in a couple weeks, you're going to get an e-newsletter from us and the lead article is going to be, let's celebrate, let's pray. It's going to be a longer and more detailed version of what I'm saying to you right now. But I can tell you this, that the giving level in our church has risen very significantly in the last three months because God is at work among us. And when I say very significantly, I'm not talking about 5% or 10% or 15%. It's over 20%. In fact, it's nearly 30%. Is that amazing? Yes. We are listening. We are following God. And I, I just want you to join with me in praying. I don't know that we will be able to stay in this facility But I pray that we can, and I want to ask you to join me in praying for that. Let's pray. Father, even as we learn to pray with you about breaking our own bondage of debt, we pray with you about breaking the bondage of the debt we have as a church. We thank you for our lender, CDF. We thank you that they are Christian people. We thank you that they understand fully where we are. We thank you that you are working among us to increase our response to you, that we are learning to take you at your word and trust you. We are learning to walk with you, even in finances. We are learning to live by biblical principles in every area of our lives. And we feel you at work among us. So we're here to say thank you and to celebrate. We're here also to pray that you would work through CDF and that you would work through our leaders that if possible, you would leave us in this facility so that we could manage it and steward it and use it for the ongoing of your kingdom, that it might continue to be a place where people come and are healed, where people come and are restored to you, where people come and experience great life change. We pray it all together in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. So we stop digging, we pray. What's the next thing we do? We sell something. Remember last week, I to- oh no, two weeks ago I told you that storage, self-storage was a $20 billion industry. There's no way in the world that we all need all the stuff in our houses in storage. Okay, You're going to have stuff in your house you haven't used for a year. 
Turn it into cash. Put it against your debt. Did you know that's a win-win-win situation? First of all, you win because you're able to put it against your debt. That lowers your debt. Secondly, now you're going to pay less interest. So you win again. And thirdly, you have less clutter. Right? You might even be able to park your car in your garage. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. So sell something. Here's another thing that we can and should do. And that is earn additional income. Now, if you can expand your stream of income, it gives you the ability to get out of debt quicker. You know the problem that most of us do when we get additional income? We buy more. I'm qualified for more credit now. No, that's not the idea, okay? Yeah. So those are the first four things we can do. The fifth one actually has to do with the snowball. It's called use the debt snowball method. I didn't invent that term. Dave Ramsey did, but I like it. I grew up in Iowa, and one of the things that we got in Iowa was lots of snow. And when the snow was wet, you could start with a tiny little snowball in your hands. You put it down that wet snow, and you start rolling it. And the longer you roll it, the more the more snow it picks up. And in fact, that's how you make the giant snowball that's the bottom of a snowman. You just keep rolling the snowball, rolling the snowball, rolling, and it gets bigger and bigger. By the way, is that true of debt? Oh, yeah. But did you know you can actually turn that thing around and you can throw a snowball at your debt that's bigger than your debt? And it works exactly the same way. We're going to start building a financial uh, fortress a huge snowball that we can throw against our debt. So how are we going to do that? Well, here are some simple steps to using the debt snowball method. We have to go back several screens. Okay. In your notes, take your notes. We're obviously missing. Um, We have... Here they are. Number one, make a list of all your debts. Do you see that in your notes? Make a list of all your debts. Arrange them in order from the what? Smallest to the largest. Number three, make minimum monthly payments beginning with what? The smallest one. Right? Every debt but the smallest one. Why every debt but the smallest one? Oftentimes people will say, shouldn't I start with the one that has the highest amount of interest? No, you'll give up. You start with the debt that's the easiest to wipe out. And that's the very smallest debt. I'm going to give you an illustration here in a minute. So you put all additional funds. You make a, uh, minimum payments on everything but the smallest one. Then you put all additional funds, that extra money, that extra income, whatever you sell, you put it against the smallest debt until it's paid off, and then you work your way up the list or down the list as the case may be. So let's take, take a look. This would be a very common person's credit history right here. They got a Kohl's card and they bought their Christmas gifts at Kohl's and this is January. So they've got a couple thousand dollars of debt on their Kohl's credit card. They had a great Christmas, but now they have to pay for it. Okay, 
Secondly, they have a car. It's mostly paid for. It was a twenty or $25,000 car. They've got it down to where there's only about $5,000 against it, but the monthly payment is still $400 a month. They've got American Express because they buy all their gas at Costco, and, and they have not always been able to pay all of it at the end of the month, and so it's sort of accumulated, and it's got about $5,000 or so of debt on their American Express card. And then they have a visa because the furnace has gone out and the water heater's gone out. If you, and they took a vacation or two, and they just haven't been able to pay it down. And so the bottom line is, you add it all up, they have about $20,000 of consumer debt. That's not too far from reality, correct? Yeah, there are people in this room who are way worse than that, I'm sure. All right. Now let's take a look at what we could do with the debt snowball. Because we started out with the one that they owe the least amount on, which is Kohl's, correct? And let's just assume that uh, this is an hourly worker, and that hourly worker is able to work a couple of shifts every month of overtime. And so because they're able to do that, they're able to put only, they got $300 a month more that they can put somewhere. So here we go. They're going to take, you see they're paying $700 a month right now, just in minimum payments. So for six months, they're able to take the $50 that they were paying on Kohl's, add the $300 to it, times six, and that gives us $2,100, a little bit left over for interest. Okay? So now once they're done with that, they have the $350 they were paying, and they can add it to the $400 a month they were paying for their car. Correct? Okay? So now four months, but also in the, in the prior six months, they've been paying down the car payment just a little bit, correct? Yeah, of course. So after four months, at $750 a month, they, now, they can now make the $3,000 that they still owe on their car, okay? Because they paid $2,400 against it in the prior six months, allowing a little bit for interest, now they have the 750 plus the 100. This person can pay $850 a month for the next six months to pay off their American Express card at $4,250. Um, yeah, that's going to leave them quite a bit of money for interest, okay? Because they actually paid against it 10 months, but only at $100 a month. Get down to the visa. They now have $1,000 a month they can put against their visa, and it's going to take them only about six months because they have paid it down in the previous months. So how many months total? I want you to take a look at this. 22 months. They will have been able to pay off $20,000 of debt. Do you realize that they would be out of debt before we were done with the Take Initiative series? What are the two things that's going to require? High intensity and highest priority. Yeah. Did you know that virtually anyone in this room can be debt-free and can live debt-free? Okay? Which is why on my snowball, I put an H. Doesn't stand for hunt, doesn't stand for hill figure stands for hope. When you leave this morning, we're going to give every one of you a little styrofoam ball with an H on it. 
Okay? You got to hug Kevin. He put 350 H's on those little balls. Got it? I want you to take that ball home and I want you to look at it and I want it to remind you that you can attack it using the debt snowball method. And, and most of us in two years or less in this room can be debt-free in a place of financial peace. Is that a great message? That's an awesome message. I just pray that we take it to heart and work it. Last thing we need to do is this. We need to save in advance. I'm not going to spend much time on this because because we're going to teach about this in depth next week. We're going to talk about how to do this and what this should look like. But this is actually why I brought a pillow. It wasn't so I could sleep up here. Because this $1,000 emergency fund is a cushion between you and life. You see, if you don't set this aside right away, what's going to happen is the hot water heater is going to go out on your house and you don't have anything to buy it with, so what will you do? You can put it on your visa. Bad idea. Okay? So you put away $1,000 and when the hot water heater goes out, you now have a fund that you can buy the hot water heater with. It has to be a bona fide emergency. Going out to eat with your spouse is not a bona fide emergency. Going on vacation is not an emergency. Okay? What we're talking about here is an actual emergency. Okay? As we close, I told you I was going to read you a testimony. By the way, now you know what a gazelle, a snowball, and a pillow have in common, right? They all represent biblical principles to help us break the bondage of debt. Sitting in my office this week, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, reading through my emails and answering them. And I got this email this Tuesday or Wednesday from somebody who goes to church right here. I emailed them back and said, do I have your permission to read an excerpt from your email if I leave your names out? And they said, by all means, go ahead. So here you go. Here's somebody's real life story. Dear Ron, I would like to thank you for new life. I really think I've been given, quote, a new life. When we first started attending services, we were in financial hardship. We had been struggling to make ends meet every month, living paycheck to paycheck, and actually having way more month at the end of our money. We decided to roll in Financial Peace University last spring at New Life. This program has really changed our lives. Listen to this next statement. We shredded over 20 credit cards. That's one year ago, okay? Over 20. We've paid off more than $9,000 in debt, and we now have an emergency fund of over $3,000. We have a monthly budget and are working on becoming debt-free. We are so hopeful. That's why the H is on the snowball. We are so hopeful and now actually believe it can really happen for us. I feel like I can breathe and actually relax. I don't feel guilty wondering if I'm working hard enough to provide for my family. As a result, 
I've ordered Dave Ramsey's program for all of our kids. My oldest and I are going through this program every Wednesday evening together. It's a special time for us. He's learning vital information that he'll need now that he's graduated from high school and living on his own. He is currently working on his emergency fund at this moment. The next step is to fully fund it. He has, in capital letters, no credit cards. And is learning that's a really great thing. I've even approached the kids' high school, and I'm forwarding FPU information to the economics department to suggest that this be taught to every student before graduation. What do you think of that? Is that awesome or what? Absolutely. How can we apply this? Take a look. I will make a list of all my debts this week. That's where you got to begin. Okay? I'll make a list of all my debts this week. Number two, I will pray this week to encounter God and partner with Him in breaking the bondage of my debt. Okay? Number three, I will enroll in a Financial Peace University life group. Kevin said we have, I don't know, 115 to 120 of us already enrolled. I'm enrolled in a financial peace life group. Okay. I decided I want to do more than just look like Dave Ramsey. (laughs) I have had so many. In fact, our life group leader sent Kevin an email that said, we have the greatest life group ever. Not only are we studying Dave Ramsey, we have him in our life group. (laughs) Next, I'm making a first time decision. To become a Christian. Can can I pause on the last one just for a minute? I just want to tell you that you could make a really life-changing decision and you could become debt-free and you could become financially healthy and be in a place of financial freedom and peace. But friends, if you don't find Jesus in the process, you're just going to have a really nice life here. God wants you to have a really nice life forever. And that's not about being debt-free to Visa. That's about owing God nothing and accepting the payment that Jesus made on your behalf so that you could be debt-free to God. Okay? So if you're interested in making that decision, and I hope you are, if you haven't made it, I want you to check that on the card. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you have given us a plan of hope. And it's so simple, and, it, and yet it requires of us high intensity, highest priority in partnership with you. Lord, we're here to do that. Call us to yourself, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.